Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. Once again, it's the sound of rock splitting. You got Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday, and guess what? <laughs> the year 2020 is starting with a bang, and we're in, uh, going toward the end of the first month of uh, 2020 here in January, and can you believe what's going going on? Just everything from the the uh, killing of General Soleimani in Iran and uh, the threat of World War III, the backing away. Then we have the United States House of Representatives, Representatives impeaching the President of the United States only for the third time in history. The articles of impeachment were signed last week going uh, to the Senate where the trial's going on right now. Guess what? We, we are in some uh, times that uh, we have not seen before because while the President is being impeached, Whilst Nancy Pelosi was signing the Articles of Impeachment, Donald Trump was signing a trade agreement with China that's been sought for uh, decades, and nobody had the guts to bring it to bear with uh, tariffs. Donald Trump did. He's got a Phase 1 agreement signed, and then also we got rid of NAFTA. We got uh, a new agreement with Canada and Mexico that the Senate has uh, passed, so uh, and the re- stock market is going up record after record after record after record. What's going on in 2020? Well, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. And today on this week's show, we have the second half of Bill Ganasty, uh, part two. He just brought in some news about Turkey and the Middle East that I never had really heard. And he's got a book called Game Changer. And this is just something that is unique. You're not hearing it anywhere else but right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. So get ready for the second half of the show with Bill Ganasty. And there's, but first, let me remind you, it's a day of uh, service. And remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and what he has done for our country. I also want to remind you, uh, we got a book called Bedrock Truths. And it's written by... Me, Dr. Alex McFarland, and the niece of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. That's Dr. Alveda King. And you can get that book by going to our website, uh, www.docholiday.org, or just click, clicking on the front page of our uh, webpage right here on Rock Splitting Politics. Now, with Bill Ganasty is coming up. We are going to go right into the interview with him, and he's going to be talking about Israel, the Kurds, Turkey, how he holds a key to help keep Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. So what does all that mean? <laughs> well, he's been talking to President Trump, and he's got a book that's been given to President Trump, and he and his wife see President Trump on a regular basis. So here we go. Listen to this. But first, let me play this little uh, music to get us into this interview. 
Hey, how about a 007 intro for author Bill Ganasty, part two. I was talking to Bill about the, uh, like a three-legged stool, and it takes three legs to, for it to work properly. So let's go right into the interview. Now, the other balance of power uh, that Turkey brings to the table as one of the legs of the, uh, you know, triangular table is between Iran, Arabs, and Turks. So... When you take Turkey out of this equation, you two of the tables fall down because if they are three-legged tables, balance of power, just to explain it, how balance of power works, yeah. and then two tables falls down right. together. And when you have two broken tables and America is trying to step on it and to become the, to continue to be superpower and establish a balance of power against India and China, the rising powers, how is he going to do that? The tables are gone. Turkey is thrown down. So the, that's the whole way of explaining it from a political science perspective. But for a simple way is that Turkey has so much leverage on Iran that America doesn't have. And Turkey by itself working fully with America, with President Trump, can resolve so much. So you understand, put it into perspective, when all the nonsense conversation is for pulling 2,000 troops out of U.S. troops out of no man's land from Syria. When President Trump pulled it out, said he will pull it out, everybody shouted, right? right. Imagine what President Trump is already talked to his counterpart Erdogan. He's talking how to uh, finish off the nuclear ambition of Iran, how to take care of, make sure that the balance of power that the oil supply will continue to go to European Union via Russia. Uh, and through Turkey, and this, uh, there will be stability there. America will prosper based on that. We'll be uh, negotiating from the point of strength against China. And everybody's talking about 2,000 troops that are, that are stationed, deployed next to uh, 10,000 or 5,000, 20,000 criminals that has ethnically cleansed their own brethren? What kind of a thinking we are doing? Where does this logic come from? What part of it is applicable to now, anything? Now, make sure I'm following. You're talking about when the U.S. troops are fighting alongside the Kurdish troops. Are you talking about that? Yes, they are not Kurdish troops. You're yes, talking about they are Kurdish Krim militia. They have killed people. They have killed people. And President Trump has those files in his hand. He knows them. But President, you cannot expect everything to be done for President Trump to do it because everybody is coming after his case. If you let him become a president, you know, like a normal president uh, that he can be, talk freely, do what he needs to do within the boundaries of the Constitution, which he's doing it, and he will... He will decide, he will just come out and say, hey, we cannot deal with these uh, Kurdish militia who have killed and ethnically cleansed its own people. He will say that. 
but he cannot say it today. I'm saying it. Yeah, well, saying I hear that. Clearly, because I have, uh, I, I can write it. No one pays attention to it yet, but uh, that's the whole point of it. I am. I wrote this book so that people can read it, and President Trump also took my book. He can put it on the table, read it. The book says it. I'm not saying it, but the book says it. Yeah, and Bill, that's why I, I love having you on this uh Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics, because our listeners need, we don't hear this perspective from Fox, we don't hear it from CNN, you don't hear it from anywhere, hearing it from, uh, from hearing it from you. But, uh, this does bring up the question, because in the past, and there, you know, there's strong support in America for Israel, especially Donald Trump, probably no other president has supported Israel more than Donald Trump, and, and, and a lot of the, uh, uh, I know conservatives and others, a strong support for Israel, and that automatically, in a lot of people's minds, brings Turkey as an antagonist to Israel. So can you shine some light? What do you see in the future between Turkey and Israel if if Turkey and the United States grow a, as uh, partners in this region more and more? What does that happen to the uh, relationship between Turkey and Israel, which has not been, a, is, I, I don't understand it being a good relationship between Turkey and, and er, er, Erdogan and Turkey and the nation of Israel. So uh, shed some light on what you see on that. Well, uh, there are two things for that. One, in the preface, when I began the book, I said, why did I write this book? Uh -huh. I, said, I ran for mayor in Palm Springs in California. I noticed one thing besides anything else. I said, nobody knows about much about Israel. Then I said, how, if they don't know much about Israel, I come from a Turkish origin. Uh -huh. I'm an American citizen since 2012. Uh -huh. uh, I'm a new American, new blood. That's why uh, new blood is good for a country. That's why America is strong. They don't know about Israel. Even the elected officials, mayors, people like that, they talk about Israel, but they don't know deadly about Israel. You know, uh, I've been to Israel so many times. I know Israel better than lots of Israelis even. Okay. But the point is, when I, uh, these people don't know Israel, I said, if these people don't know Israel, how the hell would they know Turkey, Iran, mm -hmm. Russia, or anything over there? They are mm -hmm. supposed to know. The point is, today, uh, I didn't do this. I was on another on other radio shows like yourself, and uh -huh. um, some of them are very pro Jewish radio station, you know, anchors, uh -huh. and some others are not. And one of them said, "Erbil, by the way, can I give you a polling?" I said, "Yes," on the air. She said, "You know that there's a polling in Israel that 57 percent of Israelis the." prefer to work with Turkey than anybody else, huh. 57%. 30% uh -huh. is against Turkey, 57% is for Turkey. I said, that's natural. I know that. Israel is better off with Turkey, and Turkey has no animosity towards Israel. Here's an example. Okay. When Truman, when Truman uh, recognized Israel in '48, what did he say? He said, damn it, I don't have any Arabs here. I have tons of Jews. I'm recognizing Israel. This is what he said. Truman, our president. Uh -huh. Turkey said the same time. We recognize Israel the same time, same day they recognize the, the, the day Truman recognized Israel. Turkey, 
Muslim country recognized it and said that I recognize Israel because it's the right thing to do. So since then, like the Inquisition, when the Spaniards throw mm-hmm. the Jews out, right. uh, Ottoman Empire took them in. Turks again in '48 says they need, they want to form their country. They should form their country. It is their right, and I recognize it. I don't care about any of the 54 other uh, Muslim countries who wouldn't recognize it for the next another half a century. So the point is, if you know your history, if you understand the area, what's going on, what has been going on, the mindset, then you will say that Israel is safe. I make one last argument for you. Okay. Israel discovered hydrocarbon in the eastern Mediterranean in 2009. Uh Now, we are in 2020. Ten years later, they didn't sell one drop of it to Europe. They will never be able to sell one more drop for another ten years. Europe. The point is, when I went to Israel, because I, I know everybody in Israel like I know everybody in uh, President Trump's administration, cabinet-wise, okay. the okay. same thing. You know, they are all friends of mine, both okay. ends. Uh, I have personal relationship and also formal relationship uh, to the degree that I can have at, at my status. Okay. Now, the point is that my personal relationship, I went to the number two people of Netanyahu. I told them, hey, What's wrong with you guys? You can only sell this thing through Turkey. You can only become 10 times richer, more powerful Israel and survive in this sea of the Muslim Sea, which is half a, uh, you know, 500 million people there. Mm-hmm. And you are only 10 million people. And you can only do this if you work, if you tie yourself to Turkey. Mm-hmm. Get about everything else with the train line, highway line, water line or whatever it is, with the oil line. Uh-huh. And he says, yes, we know. But Erdogan, you know, the, the, the Erdogan is insulting us. Of course he's going to insult you, I said, Erdogan. When you go out and shoot a Palestinian with a gun, military gun, any soldier, doesn't matter what country it comes from, shoots a civilian, it's going to cause an emotion somewhere else. So you cannot shoot a soldier cannot shoot at any other person, no matter who they are, unless they come in. You know, I know this thing, too, because I don't go to Tel Aviv only. I don't go to Jerusalem only. I go everywhere in Israel when I go, right? All okay. the way to the Syrian border and everywhere. I know how, what is the danger for Israelis live there. My partner's mother lived there alone. You know, I think about these things. Uh, but the point is that, Yes, if they come all the way there illegally, terrorists, that you have to shoot them. But Israel today is secure enough that it doesn't have to shoot anybody. It has so much power, but it doesn't have the right policies, unfortunately, to have the right balance of power established. Today, Israel is friends with Saudi Arabia and UAE. Well, go figure. I mean, those who support in America... The relationship of Israel with UAE and Saudi Arabia, and uh, you will understand where their mind is, where their interest is. Uh, they are not for America. They are not for Israel, because that's why uh, they will always make Israel weak against other forces, demographic, demographic forces. Forget about anything else. 
there will be 2 billion more people in the next 30 years. The population is going to increase 2 billion people. Uh, coming from Africa and Asia, they will all walk, walk, I say, uh-huh. through through the Middle East, through the Levant, where Israel is, to Turkey, and they'll come through Turkey, and they'll go to Europe. They have no other place to go, these people from Asia. And this is a 100 million people, or 50 million people, or whatever the number is. When there's 2 billion people coming to life, 100 million or so of them will walk. They will walk one direction. There is no other way, place to go. This is a little planet we live in. And there is one highway, and that's the Turkish land bridge where the, all the oil pipes go in. Humans also walk. Today, do you know that, Ed? Today, there's a 10 million refugees, either within Turkey or outside of Turkish borders, like places like Iran, waiting to go into Turkey and so that they can go from Turkey to Europe. 10 million. Turkey is holding them. If Turkey opens these floodgates tomorrow, I call it floodgates, uh-huh. there is no European Union. And Angela Merkel talked to Erdogan yesterday. M- uh, Macron called, Emmanuel Macron of France called Erdogan when Soleimani was killed by Trump. Uh-huh. Why would French President Macron call Erdogan when the tension rises up to such height, France, the president of France is calling president of Turkey when President Trump kills the big guy, big running guy. Well, do you have an answer to that? Let me break in right here and remind you, listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have everyone listening to us. Hey, send this link out to your friends and neighbors. You won't hear an interview like we're doing with author Bill Ganasty anywhere else. So listen to it right here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. Tell your friends and neighbors about this interview. Now, we're going to let uh, author Bill Ganasty tell us why, why the French uh, president called Erdogan in Turkey. I, I don't have an answer to that. So what's, what's the answer? The point is Bill? that the point is that Turkey is the key. They know it. Turkey, when Turkey kept 4 million Syrian refugees, right, mm-hmm. because of Bashar al-Assad in Turkey, in the refugee camps, it couldn't hold any more than 4 million people that's walking from the border. 1 million of them trickled in in 2015, as you know. We watched it like a reality TV show in America. You remember those days? Oh, yeah. And do you, do you know what happened in the 2016 elections in Holland? No, in I don't Austria, know. In Austria, in Germany, in France. Well, and it, do you know why Brexit took place? Yeah. Because this million people walked to Europe and five governments were disabled. They, they couldn't form a government for the next six months. And Brexit took place. It dismembered already European Union with one million. You know what happened in 2018? There was more bombs coming in, and Turkey, together with Russia, they stopped another million Syrian to do the same reality TV show walk to Europe. Hmm. Because at that time, Germany and France also begged to Turkey, thank you, or thank to Turkey afterwards, thank you for doing this. We could not have handled it. 
The point is, I'm just telling you, these are simple numbers. You can check it. They can check it. Right. There is 10 million refugees today, whether inside Turkey or outside borders of Turkey. There's 2 million Afghans. Afghanistan Afghans uh-huh. are in the Iran border. Iran is holding them because Turkey is holding them on the Turkish side. It's like a Mexican-American border. Two sides, mm-hmm. there's a soldiers. They are right. holding two million Afghans in Iran today. The moment those four million Syrian refugees, you know, are mm-hmm. handled by Turkey, or Turkey gives a sign, they'll come into Turkey, they'll go to Europe. And that's mm-hmm. the end of Europe. That's Listen, the end of Europe. So what you're you saying know? is, right, I mean, they're still holding them now. And, and so what what happens if, if there's not peace where they can go back to Syria? Will they ever go back to Syria? Or what, what, well, Turkey, what's the future? This is, what they, this is what President Trump and Erdogan talk. President Erdogan told President Trump on that December 14, uh-huh. before the December 14 uh, meeting, in, I mean, right in Buenos Aires, uh, and then in the ensuing phone calls, they said he, he said, "Look, I have four million of these refugees. Three hundred fifty of thousand of them are Kurds. So I need to have a buffer zone. You have to pull those troops out. I have to create a buffer zone there in Syria, uh, secure it, so I can have at least half of those four million people go back to Syria, and I, we have to build cities for them in that northern area away from Assad regime." So they are secure. And then this way, I alleviate myself from some of the refugee problem. Because I have other refugee problems, Afghans waiting on the Iran border. And there are other refugee problems every time there is a problem in the world someplace. And they all come through here. And there is a three million, they say, Pakistanis are waiting to enter to Iran so that they can enter to Turkey so they can enter yeah. to European yeah. Union eventually. Mm. That's why when you go to El Paso today, who do you see? When you see 300 people coming in as an illegal migrant, right? Uh-huh. right. Count them. 150 of them are coming from Asia or Africa. They are not uh-huh. coming from South America. Mm. Why are they coming from there? Because there is a backlog in the land bridge, natural land bridge that Turkey is. Turkey is holding them back. These are the conversations President Erdogan and President Trump has taken up in their meetings in Buenos Aires G20 meeting and Osaka meeting. That's why you see that in that famous photo that uh, President Trump is sitting on a table, chair, and every other leader of the Western Alliance in G7 are standing up, looking down to him, you know, uh-huh. what he's going to say. Right. And he doesn't talk. And why would President Trump talk today with Merkel, Macron, or anybody in Europe who doesn't listen to him? Why? Because they don't bring any help to this problem that the world is facing. The world is facing a demographic problem. That's what my book is about. I, my book is says there's a demographic problem the world population is going to grow by 2 billion in the next 30 years. And what are we doing about it? We will have tons of more problems than we have today because it's a natural problem. You have to resolve it with other countries. Other countries are Russia, are Turkey, uh, two countries. Mm-hmm. And that's why Trump, President Trump is saying comfortably, I like to have 
I like to work with Iran. Iran has to prosper. What does that mean? That means that Iran can absorb some of these refugees that are heading to Western Europe eventually if Iran is prosperous, richer country. Iran doesn't need a nuclear weapon because no one is going to attack Iran. Iran is there. So, but Iran is afraid of everything. It believes that there will be another coup d'etat. Uh, what, what the U.S. has done, agents done in 53, you know, they yeah. brought Shah. Right. And they countered it in 1979 by getting, get, getting rid of the Shah. And they, they are afraid that now uh, the West uh, will still uh, uh, replace the regime in Iran. No, let them live. Let them live. Let them build their country however they want to build. I mean, uh, they can improve it. Uh, they can come to modernity. Uh, but when they build those bridges, roads, and highways, and everything, and they will become modern. Look what happened to Turkey in the past 10 years. They yeah. built five of the world's biggest bridges, Turkey. You know, if there's a 10 biggest bridge in the world, five of them are in Turkey, basically. They built tunnels like Lincoln and Holland Tunnel in Turkey. That's modern. And, uh, you know, the world's biggest bridge is being built in Turkey right now. And the hospitals, every 100 kilometers in Turkey, there's a hospital, there's a soccer stadium, there is a university, there's an airport. What country has it that is in the that was in the third world 20 years ago that has achieved modernity this much? And Turkey has today is building the second biggest, fastest train, fast train, network after China. China is building 30,000 kilometers. Turkey has been building 10,000 kilometers. There is no country Europe has 1,000 kilometers of a fast train line. So modernity that came to Turkey can come to Iran. And when it comes to Iran or Turkey, uh, countries like that, they can absorb this demographic. They can absorb this mass migration of human mass migration. So they don't have to come all all at once to Europe. And if they don't come all at once to Europe like they did in 2015, you won't have Muslim uh, mayors in Paris, Stockholm, Berlin, like you have now in London. Yeah. Well, see what you're saying, and that's what makes your book so valuable And uh, when it comes out soon. And one of the, and I know we got to finish up the conversation. This has been wonderful because I've learned a lot more that I have to admit, I didn't know a whole lot about Turkey, and I, I, I think most of our listeners and most of America probably will learn a lot from this interview. So I hope I'm telling my friends and everyone to get this link out because uh, this interview really uh, enlightens a lot of people and a side that we have not heard before. I just one thing I want to ask you about before uh, we leave here. One last question. Now Turkey has been. Uh, Erdogan has been sending troops to Libya, Tunisia. Now, does Turkey have an ambition to grow and make its uh, military might stronger, or are they just going to help out? Or uh, what? What about Turkey and sending troops into other countries? Well, you look at it from that perspective; it it uh, doesn't uh, make sense. You know, you have to look at it. Today, Turkey has an airline, uh-huh. Turkish airline, okay. which is number eight or something like that in the world. And they are the biggest customers of the Boeing, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, they, they buy $100 billion worth of planes from them. Uh, now, 
The point is this. Turkey is today in every country in Africa. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every country I in didn't Africa. Know that. No, I did and not it is know the that. biggest donor country in Africa. Biggest donor country in Africa, Turkey. Can you imagine? Uh, now you're saying that bigger donor, bigger than what the United States puts in Africa? Yes, exactly. That's the biggest donor country in Africa. What Turkey is doing in uh, in uh, in Africa or in the world, the Turkic world we talked about, is that it's establishing relationship, win-win relationship. In other uh-huh. words, let's do trade. It says, let me. You know, let me grow as an economy that I am growing. Let me share what I have. and But I like to share from the win-win perspective. Now, militarily, what you talked about, Libya, Tunisia, uh, Turkey right. today is in Qatar. Second biggest military base next to U.S. is Turkish military base. Okay, I didn't Turkey know that. Turkey is in Somalia today. Mm-hmm. You know, this, you remember Somalia, oh, yeah, the, how our, they shut down our uh, uh, chopper and right. all that uh, the drama we faced, tragedy we faced. It, but Turkey has the biggest embassy there. It's training the Somalian army. It's stabilizing that country. So Turkey is in Qatar. Turkey is in Sudan uh, until the coup d'etat, but Turkey is still there. Turkey is in many places, in, I told you, in Central Asian republics, militarily or economically and otherwise. The point is that we don't live in the Middle Ages anymore. And Turkey understands it, including Erdogan. When Erdogan came to power in 2002, I was at the EU. He came to New York. I was at the permanent mission of Turkey to the United Nations. I worked for eight Turkish prime ministers for 15 years based at the U.N. Okay. So he came there and he collected people, you know, uh, Turkish people to, for his administration. He went everywhere to collect brains. So I was there, too. So I know what went on. Mm-hmm. At that time, he was in the margins of the society. He had to prove himself. So he may have had other ambitions. I want to be Islamic leader, whatever it is. But after 18 years and fifth consecutive elections in each one he wanted fairly squarely in a democratic environment with a slim margin you know slim uh-huh. margin 47 percent 51 percent whatever he stayed in power and every time he was rewarded to stay in power this president president Erdogan built something for the people and people re-elected him for having done something for the country you can see beautiful country right now compared to what it was 20 years mm-hmm. ago in terms of what he built. And from that perspective, now he goes and does the same thing to everybody. Today, Turkey supports the, the regime that is running Libya legitimately approved by the United Nations. You know, United Nations says, this is the government I recognize. The world has to follow it normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Turkey is says, okay, if this is the government that is accepted by the world regime, that's accepted still, it's not fully functioning well, but so I am supporting that regime. Well, what is Turkey doing? Trying to bolster that regime. It's sending military advisors and everything. It's training them. It's going to train them like it is doing in Somalia, like it is doing in Qatar. What happened in Qatar in two years ago? 
Saudi Arabia and UAE decided to invite Qatar. And what right. did Turkey do? He said, you cannot invade Qatar. You have to deal with me. And they pull back. The hmm. point is, who wants war in the Middle East or Africa, everywhere else? And who does war help in this day and age? Instead of building the countries, why do we have to uh, go to war like the globalist pushes for war, regime, uh, nation buildings, kudetas? Look, I say, finally, let me tell it. Okay. Those agents who were doing all these nation buildings, coup d'etats and whatnot over there, I tell them they came back like they, they came back like chickens to roost at home. Mm. Uh-huh. That's why President Trump says there should never be a take down attempt again against any US president. Yes, there was a take down attempt and the take down attempt was done by those agents who couldn't achieve lately anything overseas and they came roost at home in america unfortunately this is the this, this in terms of hillary clinton the speakable situation that we are in in america and uh, i blame all the globalists and in the book it explains it uh, much better well bill ganasty you you have really really helped enlighten a lot of folks and some things are going on and i hope your book uh, gets out and makes it big, and uh, we are glad to have had you here on Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. And uh, wow, we've covered a lot of ground, a lot more than I thought we we're going to cover. And you really gave us some insight. So thank you so much for being a part of the show, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Thank you for having me on board, and uh, the idea is to pass the word because it's for our, for us. I'm a new American. Uh, come with my idea, my knowledge, what I know. I share it, and it is for the good of America. When it is good for the America, it's good for the planet. That's we shouldn't forget about that, and that's what we are trying to do. What's good for America is good for the planet. I, I can agree with that. That's uh, author Bill Ganasty. You can get his book on Amazon. Game changer. Go check that out. Hey, that's all we got time for today's show. And next week, we will be talking about impeachment, the trial, everything that's going on, what we need to know for 2020. Can't wait to next week. We'll see you then. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.